Hi, hello everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for a new episode of AWS SheBuilds Tech Skills Program for Europe, Middle East and Africa. My name is Virginia and I am a solutions architect based in Amsterdam and I am super, super excited to welcome all of you. So this is our sixth episode already and I hope that you are all familiar with the format of this show. But if this is your first time, just a quick reminder of uh, what we are all about. So AWS SheBuilds Tech Skills is a show dedicated to really help underrepresented communities, in fact, to get access to hands-on trainings and to share knowledge between the fellow tech uh, people and ex experts every, every episode. So the idea is to create a supportive and inclusive environment through these uh, sessions. So I'm so happy for being here today and I'm joined here with my co-host, Belisa. So Belisa, how are you doing today? Maybe can you introduce yourself? Hi, Virginia. Thank you so much. It's my second episode on this show. I am so excited I joined as one of the hosts. Hi, everybody. I am back. I was here last month and I came back. And I am Velisa Boya. I am one of the co-hosts. I'm a developer advocate here at AWS. I'm actually based in Johannesburg, South Africa. So just like Virginia was saying, it's all of EMEA, uh, Europe, Middle East, Africa, all of us included. And I'm very excited to be here. Nice. Uh, yeah. And just before starting our conversation with our amazing guest, uh, just a quick reminder to everyone, if you have questions throughout the session, just put them in the comments and we will uh, make sure to bring them. And our guests, I'm sure, will be very happy to, to answer them. So who do we have with us today, uh, Belisa? I'm very, very excited to introduce our guest today. So we have our guest, uh, Anna Maria, who's joining us today. And we're going to talk about automatically tagging uh, your content. But I'm going to let you, Anna Maria, do the entire introduction of yourself. Yeah, thank you very much. Hello, everyone. My name is Anna Maria, and I'm a senior solutions architect based in Copenhagen in Denmark. It's uh, my first time on the show, but so far it's very exciting and I'm looking forward to present the automatic content tagging solution to you. Um, but that's about me. Uh, I've been with AWS for roughly two years and a half. And uh, before that, I was working a lot with uh, analytics technologies and big data, um, mostly in the advertising sector, but also a bit in gaming. So I know what I'm talking about today. <laughs> Nice, nice. Uh, happy to having you here. And I'm keen to know more about this topic because I just have the basics, right? So I'm so excited. And maybe we can start to, to, to discuss about this, uh, about why do we need content tagging, right? Is this like a must to have a future? Is this is a nice to have for customers? So what can you tell us? Yeah, let me get a bit into that. I actually have an illustration to better make my point. But basically, tags are a bit like metadata that you can usually attach to pretty much everything. I mean, if you've been using AWS, uh, you also know you can tag your infrastructure for cost optimization and so on and so forth. But when looking specifically at content tagging, we are referring to this more like in the marketing uh, sector. Um, and usually you start with the marketing flywheel that I actually have here depicted on the screen. 
but when you want when you bring out a new product you you usually start with brand strategy implementation and uh, with some uh, some uh, brand imperative what i mean by this is basically that you want to get your product out to the customer but also you want them to perceive it in a specific way and that that's the brand imperative right um and of course there's a lot of ways to do it so that that sort of caters to the how it could be approved emails it could be a web portal webinars um, instagram TikTok, whatever um but at the same time it's also very important when you're sending out the message right because you wouldn't want, for example, to send an email out at five in the morning um, because there's a high probability that your, your customer will not read it when they wake up in the morning. They're going to prioritize the first 10 emails and then they're going to lose interest. And yeah, your, your email might get at the bottom of the list. So tagging in this context, how, how is it actually useful? So Tags are useful because you can apply certain metadata to the content that you're sending to your customer, as I mentioned before. And uh, this helps you set some context around what is the purpose of that specific piece of content. Or maybe you have an image. So what is the purpose of this image in, in your whole marketing uh, flywheel? With tagging you, you can attach some of that significance, which also means that you can follow the piece of content throughout uh, the, the whole ecosystem. It also means that, yeah, once you get to the metrics that you can see here on the, on the bottom side, um, it's easy for you to tie back the impact to the specific piece of content because you already tagged it, which also means that it makes it easier for you to, to close the feedback loop and when it comes to adjusting your brand strategy for the future, you can implement based on the tags and whatever information you collected using those tags, um, you can implement that in your further marketing strategy to you know, cater better and customize the experience even better for your customers. Yeah. Okay, so are you writing code to do this? Well, um, it's minimal. I mean, the okay. whole purpose of today's um, challenge was to see how much code you actually need to write in order to get this implemented automatically. Because from my discussions with different customers, tagging is still pretty much of a manual process in, in most of the companies. But of course, as you go inside, it, it's actually very beneficial to automate this because if you have hundreds of thousands of pieces of content, maybe you don't want to go in manually and you know, tag the country, for example, manually for each of them. You want an automated process in place because this will save time and it, it will scale better. So it's possible to do this with a minimal amount of code. And I'll show you in a minute how that can be done. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but before I get into that, I just want to mention that on a day-to-day -day basis, I do work mostly with healthcare customers. And that's why my solution is very tailored around a, a CRM platform that healthcare customers use. In this case, it's Viva. Um, Viva has a suite of tools. Uh, they have Viva Vault promo mat where you can store all the pieces of content. They also have Viva CRM for extracting the metadata and the metrics information. Um, the note here is that you can pretty much substitute these two services with your, your own suite of tools. Maybe it's Salesforce marketing cloud. It can be some part of the Adobe suite. So just take this as an example. It's easy to pretty much plug and play something else in there. OK. 
Nice. And I think this is uh, this is a third party tool, right? Uh, but you are gonna yeah. maybe show us how to integrate this with uh, yes. some AWS services. Yes. Nice. And it's coming right up. Awesome. And um, <laughs> I don't know how you work, but I usually start with you know the doodle phase. I call it. I just uh, <laughs> try to uh, sketch things out and define like the big components of the solution and only dive into the details at a later point. Um, but as you can see here, so thinking about content tagging and automation, what, what do we actually need? We, we, we sort of need, of course, to get the data from somewhere. <laughs> and in this case, it is the Viva system, which you can see on the left side. Let me see if I can actually put a pointer in here. Oh, I have a laser pointer, yes. So yeah, you see the source of the information in, in our case, it's Viva. And as mentioned before, you, you can swap this out for whatever third-party tool you're using to store your content. Most likely, if you want to get things into AWS, you're going to need a data ingestion layer. And we're looking, we're going to look into in a moment at what that is. Uh, but for now, this is again very high level. Then you have the data in, but content can be a lot of things, right? It can be text. It can be images, it can be audio and video files or scan documents. Uh, so you might consider having an orchestration layer, layer um, in front of whatever sort of data or tag extraction mechanism you're going to have for pretty much ensuring that you have a logical element that can distinguish between the different types of content. So that is the purpose of the middle layer right here, the orchestration one. And then of course, you need some form of way to extract the tags from the pieces of content. And in the case of text, you might be interested in extracting keywords. You might want to look at what is actually the subject of, of this piece of text. It can be a lot of things and you can crystallize that in, into the tag information. Now, when you look at images, you're interested in, in the subject of the image itself. So you want to recognize objects or, or entities inside the image. Maybe you'd also want to read some of the text in the image, um, falling again back to, to the use case of healthcare and life sciences. Uh, maybe the company is selling some form of drugs and you want to be able to read the label of the drug from the picture so that again, people wouldn't have to just go in there and tag that content with the specific drug name because it's already in the picture. So that's a very straightforward example. Then for audio and video, Usually you have an initial step where you transcode that to text, and then you can apply the same methodology that you use for text extraction. But yeah, there's, a, there's an initial step of converting the data from one format to another. And uh, when it comes to scanned documents, um, this is similar in a sense to, to the images, but I would say the difference between normal images and scanned documents is that um, scanned documents have additional structure around it. So you will probably have some sort of uh, layer in front of it to understand the, the custom structure of the document. If it's a specific kind of form, maybe you want to extract the information in the form, be it name, date of birth, so on and so forth. Uh, so that's why it is put separate from, from the text layer. So these information, or, or rather these services will extract the tags automatically. They will try to understand the content that is being passed from the storage layer, in this case, yes, Viva and store the tags into a solution. So right now we're not talking again about services, we're more like looking at what, what could that be. 
I thought that because there's not a lot of structure around your data, it, it, where I'm, I'm most likely I'm going to use a NoSQL solution, but for now it's just the storage layer to store the tag. And um, of course, we want to get the information back into our um, promotional material storage solution. So there's a feedback loop. Basically, once the tags are stored safely in AWS, we want to synchronize all the information to our external storage solution as well. So this is in a nutshell what we're trying to build. Um, and this is fully automated. Um, once it gets up and running, it will just react to whatever co content is coming into uh, the Viva storage and tag that and push back the tags to the Viva system. Can I just ask, where do we do the learning on the tags uh, or analysis? Does it happen at the data store or does it happen after we've done the feedback loop to uh, the CRM? Yeah, that's a very good question. And let me just deep dive a bit into it so I can answer your question. Because as I was saying, this is a fully automated solution and doesn't really require a lot of custom coding. Um, so for this reason, we actually rely for the interpretation of the different kind of content on already existing AWS AIML services. So in this case, it's Amazon Recognition that we're seeing up here, Amazon Transcribe, Comprehend, and Extract, which also means that the algorithms are pre-trained to interpret your data. So you don't need to do additional training on the type of content that you're passing across, unless, of course, you have some very custom needs. But out of the box, the solution is meant to pretty much be able to interpret a lot of the content that you're passing. If you want to customize it further, there is the possibility to, uh, for example, for Comprehend, you can do custom entity recognition. So maybe if you're looking to identify some sort of uh, special business-specific language in the text, you have the possibility to further train the Comprehend model to do that. Um, yeah, does that answer your question? Yes, it does. That's quite awesome. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and what, about, what about the security, right? Uh, I know that this could be used for other uh, use cases, but you mentioned it, um, healthcare, right? So what about uh, patient's data? Uh, is this like in compliance with uh, the rules for that kind of use case? Uh, yes. So you can, out of the box, the solution does not feature that layer, mostly because usually marketing material is towards the end, um, basically giving back to the customer. So when you're looking at patient information, it's more like the initial phases or uh, research and development and clinical trials that you have a lot of personal identifiable information. We were talking about marketing, it's already one too many. Uh, so this solution didn't really take that too much into account. But that being said, um, it's actually possible to um, identify PII both in the recognition service and also using Amazon Extract. Um, and then, especially with Extract, you can further redact the information. So you could put some custom code in place to hide away whatever Textract has identified as a, maybe a personal identifier or a date of birth and so on and so forth, whatever you define as PII in your context. So it is definitely possible. Nice. Yeah. And uh, looking again at the solution, so this tries to directly translate whatever I doodled before. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a lot cleaner, as <laughs> you can see. <laughs> 
but basically, the data ingestion layer is up here, Amazon AppFlow. So maybe I can put a few words around it because it's a, it's a bit of a newer service that hasn't been around for that long, still a very valuable one. So AppFlow is a service that allows the bidirectional data transmission from third-party software, so software as a service, to AWS. And um, it allows pretty much anyone to, um, from the visual interface, define a transfer flow and not have to worry about scaling the solution, about automatically retrying failures and so on and so forth. So you pretty much just point it to a source, point it to a destination, which can be anything like uh, a simple storage service bucket, but it can also be other kinds of databases. And then AppFlow just does all the magic under the hood, which is great because it also means you don't need any data engineering skills. Um, even it, it's meant to scale to hundreds of thousands of the documents or uh, data nodes. And yeah, you don't have to worry about anything. That's so I awesome. think it's a pretty cool service. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I already talked a bit, uh, yes, about the AIML core or rather the part that does the tagging. And then in the middle, uh, of course, here we have the orchestration layer, which is represented by uh, Amazon EventBridge, which is our event hub. Um, and yeah, several Lambda listeners together with queue services to allow for easy retries in case something fails around the, uh, in the pipeline. And this, then yes, as I already hinted, uh, the storage solution in AWS internally is represented by a DynamoDB table because it can easy scale, easily scale, it's quite cost effective um, and can accommodate any kind of information or amount of information. And the feedback loop is actually closed using a custom uh, AWS Lambda function that just communicates with the Viva API and pushes the content information into, uh, into the Viva system. And that's pretty much it. Nice. So maybe I think uh, it's time to see this uh, yeah. working. <laughs> yeah. Let me, let me show you how it looks like in the wild. So this solution is actually built using CloudFormation, which means you can also access it by yourself if you want to play around with it. It's available already on GitHub. Uh, we also wrote a blog post around the solution. Um, now I'm just going to show you how it looks and how it's running once it's deployed. So what you have here on the screen is a Viva Vault uh, test domain. So let me just uh, put my password in just so you see what kind of document I have in here. All right. Yes. So I am inside the PromoMath uh, service, which again is a service for storing promotional material. And uh, if I go to the library, you're going to see that I have a lot of assets here. Let me maybe just zoom in a bit more so you can see. So I have some logos. So I have the AWS logo, for example. I have graphs of the correlation between epidemiology, epidemiological data and cheese consumption. I have some pictures of various things, everything from elderly couples to um, drug um, containers. I have video as well. And um, last but not least, I also have some fact labels about drugs. 
And in order to illustrate what the solution is doing, let's actually look at this invoice. You'll see, so of course, this is a bit specific to how the Viva uh, promo math environment is organized, but I created a custom content tag here at the bottom, uh, which I hope you can see, called auto tags. So this is where I actually intend to feed all the tag information that I have from the solution. So let's try doing that right now. I'm just going to go to the AWS management console, which I have open in another screen. And I'm going to go to cloud formation just to show you what has been deployed. So I have this uh, demo stack down here. And this, again, can be spun up also by you with a, pretty much just uploading the uh, existing template. And you only need to specify several things for the solution to function. So you need a Viva custom field name. In this case, it's auto tags. So it's exactly the tag information that has been specified in Viva Vault. And then, of course, you need some way to connect to the Viva domain. Um, so that would mean a name and of, of, of the domain and the username and password to actually connect to that. Uh, this gives you the authority to uh, go in and pull the data. And that's pretty much it. And then this will just spin all that I mentioned before. So everything that you see here will be spun up um, by the solution. So let's go to AppFlow and actually start one of the one job for importing the data. And then I'll also show you what actually happens. So if I go to view flows, uh, you can see that an AppFlow flow has already been defined by the CloudFormation template. And um, currently it is set to actually run on demand. You can set it to run on a schedule as well. So if I click run flow up here, I get a confirmation message that the flow for importing documents is running. So what happens under the hood is that based on the configuration that you set up for the flow, at the AppFlow service will try to connect to Viva, pull the information, uh, spin under the hood all the required compute resources to copy across the data and do some data manipulation and store it in the location it's specified. In our case, it's, it's an S3 bucket. Uh, but looking at the flow, so you can see here what you can actually tweak around it, right? Because as I said, that flow is a, a pretty visual service, meaning you can do a lot from just the UI interface. So of course you can configure a flow name and you have the possibility to encrypt the data with a, either your own key or an AWS managed key. You can also set tags for, for cost um, um, tracking reasons. But this, uh, then this is here, it actually gets interesting. So of course you can configure a source name, in this case it's Viva, but as I mentioned before, there's a, a lot of other third-party software as a service uh, services that uh, AppFlow can connect to. So it can be Marketo, for example, it can be the Salesforce Marketing Cloud and so on and so forth. We're adding new connectors all the time. And besides that, you can even create your custom connectors if, uh, if you so require. And once you select uh, the Viva connector, in this case, you have the possibility to say whether you want to copy only the metadata from the objects or the actual objects themselves. And because uh, here we are looking at the uh, content itself, so the images, the video, the audio, we actually care about you know, moving all the data across, not only the metadata. So that's why we are 
selecting the component object here. Um, and this again is something that's very business specific to Viva because if I look back here, uh, you'll actually see that most of the things in the libraries are classified as components. So that's why this is configured here. And yes, again, you have the option to only pull metadata or also the source files because we're looking at the content of the file. We are copying the source across as well. And you also have the option to select between only the latest version or all, all versions. Maybe you want to do a full data dump all the time. Maybe you're only interested in the latest version of the data. You have the possibility to set a destination. Um, as mentioned before, and as you've seen from the architecture, we are going with Amazon S3. And then we are putting everything in, in a subfolder and we are uh, splitting everything by year, month, date, and so on and so forth. And then, as I mentioned, you can run it on demand. You can run the flow on a schedule. Um, it's up to you to configure it for, for your needs. Last but not least, you have the option to copy across all the fields or just a subset. There's a lot of fields in Viva. In my case, case I only cared about the ID and format mostly together with the file name because it, this is the crucial information that I need to, to pass the tags across from, from the Viva system. And you can also add uh, additional validation if you want to drop some of the fields or raise an error in, in case something doesn't look well while the flow is running. Finally, you have the possibility to add a filter. I didn't add any, but again, if you're looking at uh, doing some custom rules around your data and around what data is being passed across, across you can do this directly from, from the interface. All right, I'll hit cancel for now because I don't want to modify the flow. So let's see how it's doing. Uh, okay, it actually has confirmed that it has transferred this. I don't know why it's showing none, but maybe if I look at one history, I can see it better. So you can see there was um, the, the import was a success. Um, usually if there's an error, you're actually going to see it here in the message field. And it has copied across 20, 20 records and roughly 30 megabytes in size. And uh, yeah, then it means we can actually look here in Promomat at what did this actually achieve. So maybe mm. let's try looking at the document. Yeah, let's see the moment of truth. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so here we're looking at a very low resolution version of the AWS logo. So what did the service actually get from this? So looking at the context tag, you see that it labeled this correctly as an image of a text or of a label or the number, symbol, logo, trademark. So it believes it's any of those things. But moreover, it actually also identified the text in the logo, right? So in this case, it's hmm. AWS. So okay. it automatically extracted this information, but this is maybe a, a an easy use case. Let's um, let's look at the cheese consumption data, and maybe also let's take one leaflet as well to look into that. So looking at the graph data. So again, this is a correlation between <laughs> yes cheese consumption and. <laughs> Cardiovascular death. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler is they're, they're pretty correlated. <laughs> but no surprise there. However, <laughs> if you look at the content tags, so mm. you can see that the services can extract, first of all, the the, the labels from the graph, right? So it can look at, at 
yeah, so it, it found diabetic that it, it also found Poland, Germany, Iceland, Turkey. So it, it pretty much extracted the country information from down here, even if, as you can see, the, tour, the, the text is actually at a 90 degree angle. So it's pretty good at that. Of course, it needs like some further business logic to make even more sense of this. So it extracted everything, but maybe you only care about the countries or just about the numbers. Um, so it, it might require some additional custom interpretation of the data, but out of the box, it can pretty much read everything from the image. And to, just to take uh, a last use case, so if we're looking at the sleeplet, so this is uh, for uh, a fictive aspirin uh, product. <laughs> called Tasperin, um, has a description, has some stuff about uh, the risk of heart attack and so on and so forth. So I'm actually expecting the competent service to be able to identify the main subject of this. So if I look at the content tag, you can see that it successfully identifies Tasperin as the main mm -hmm. subject, and then um, also believes that uh, the, um, what do you call it, the, uh, um, the, the symptoms it's treating are important, important. So you also have heart attack here, fever, aspirin with capital letters, and cardiovascular as possible keywords. So yeah, uh, I could show you a lot more examples, because I didn't show uh, videos, but I, I, I think we're already, you know, almost there with the time. So maybe you have some questions or anyone watching this has more questions on the solution? Uh, I, I, I am wondering, um, I, I don't yeah. know if, um, how create is this for handwriting, for instance? Uh, because this, uh, yeah, these uh, documents are very nice, right? But doctors yeah. usually don't have a very good <laughs> handwriting. So how about that? Yeah, so um, I can say that out of the box, it is supported. Uh, you would have to do some testing <laughs> with different types of doctor handwriting to see how effective it is on uh, on all of them. Uh, but it should be a pretty decent job out of the box. Um, I, I've tried it with my own for a different demo, and uh, it, it, it wasn't bad at all. I, I think it only at some point uh, took a, an E for an A, but that, that was like one instance in maybe a you know 200-word document. So uh, that wasn't really a problem. So I would say test it out and, and see if it's for you. Um, maybe a bigger challenge is actually supporting all languages because out of the box, it's only a subset that is uh, supported. Um, so if you have a lot of multilingual documents, that, that might be a problem. Nice. Maybe we, we need a um, text trap service just for doctors, right? Just a model yes. trained <laughs> yes. for them. And, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, we have Comprehend Medical, which is specifically, you know, trained to understand medical text. But then, yeah, maybe we need a text track medical that just knows how to read Dr. Writing, <laughs> right? <laughs> nice. Um, let's see. I don't know if there are questions from the audience. Let's see. Let's give I'm, them. I'm, let's time to ask if you have any questions uh, about the topic, uh, uh, about anything that you would like to ask to Ana Maria, this is the time to do it. Just put it on the comment section and we can ask. Yeah. So while we're waiting for the questions, I know we're almost out of time. So just looking at the architecture and when we were um, 
looking at going through all the parameters inside AppFlow, yep. there is uh, there are options in there. So do you see with that there could be potential to change the architecture that we're looking at that we looked at before, depending on what settings you actually went for? Uh, yeah, you could do that. I mean, maybe one aspect of it is making a bit more real time. So okay. um, if, as it is right now, so yeah, of course it's on demand, but maybe you'd want to be able to process everything every five minutes or so, mm. um, or reactive on whatever the uh, end user is uploading to the Viva system mm. or whatever content management platform you're using. So that, that could be a use case. Um, you could want to maybe make it even more insightful. So one thing you could do, because, you know, looking at Dynamo, that's just a key value store. It's, it's not very pretty, so to speak, right? <laughs> it's just a, a place to dump the data, but maybe you want to, to put some metrics on, on top of that. Um, maybe something like the confidence of the different AWS AIMO services on actually identifying the things in the picture. So then you might choose to, to drop that information in, for example, OpenSearch or whatever yeah. dashboarding tool you're using. So you could do that and then automatically get more insights about how well it's actually performing, uh, how, how good is it, how sure is it on, on, on the results of everything. Great. Yeah, that is so great. Mm. Yeah. I'm seeing questions. I, I saw a comment from Lizzie. Cool stuff. And I agree with you, Lizzie. This is just amazing. And uh, Lizzie is also asking for links to the blog post. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the GitHub link. Uh, I think I was pasted. There's also a blog yes. post oh, here. Oh, you can also take it from here. I actually put it on the slide. Okay. Yeah. There's That's the blog. So the second link, Lizzie, is uh, the blog post. And then uh, what you're seeing on the screen right now, or the first link in the chat, that is the GitHub solution that you can just spin up on your own account. Okay. And uh, thank you for the application. Yeah, this is amazing. This is so cool to watch, really amazing. Thank you for that so much, Anna Maria. So My Regina, where are we? <laughs> yeah, 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 so please, uh, Lisa. Yeah, so yeah, carrying on with the excitement. We've got a couple of uh, announcements for you. We have a game day uh, world championship that's coming up. We're going to have the first uh, stream actually happening next week. Uh, if you do sign up and I'm saying you should sign up and you watch, you might catch me on the screen and uh, just for a few seconds to say hi to you. So we've got this game day world championship coming up. This The entire thing about this is to just have that learning by experimentation and fun added onto it, just carrying on the World Championship. At the end of it, if you win, you're going to win an all-expenses-paid um, trip to reInvent. That definitely is motivation for you to actually sign up for this. So there is that. There is that to look out for. And next, we have the for the coming episode, we have... Uh, a speaker already. That is the uh, topic that we're going to look at. This is going to be on the 27th of September. We're going to be speaking to Elizabeth about knowledge graph engines for Amazon Alexa. So that's what we have coming up. Nice, nice. So, uh, so excited uh, about next events. And uh, thank you so much, everybody, for joining into this uh, episode. Thank you so much, Ana Maria for bringing us this uh, interesting topic. And always you can rewatch and share these episodes in our uh, YouTube channel, right? And well, 
see you everybody in our next episode.